Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Dom. I'm back. Uh, Jordan. Athena! And uh, first time guest, Chris Nunes. How's it going, Chris? Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, Chris is somebody I've wanted to have on the show for a long time, finally being able to get him on. Um, you know, took long enough. But, you know, you're now in the pantheon of celebrated controlled interest guests, so... <laughs> I feel honored. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so episode 94, uh, like Dom said, he's good to be back. We didn't have him on last week. Um, the crew's finally back. Uh, for You probably don't know this, Chris, but we were on a hiatus there for a bit because I was experiencing internet issues, and then before that, Jordan was busy, so it's the first time in a while all three of us have been back, so... The boys are back in town. Um, the boys are back. Yeah. The boys are back. Uh, that being said, let's get into what we've been playing. So for me, it was uh, kind of a slow week. I was busy. I wasn't really at home a lot this week, uh, to be quite honest. Um, thankfully, I have mobile gaming. Um, so I played a lot more of Ultra Moon. Last week, I talked about jumping into it, Dom mm. and Chris. I was talking to uh, with Jordan about it. Oh, I heard. I was getting that I Pokemon itch. I listened. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was... I was getting that Pokemon itch, and uh, I was telling Jordan that out of all... I've played every Pokemon mainline game except for uh, X and Y, and it's been my least favorite Pokemon. I'm still enjoying it, but it's... I I just don't like the uh, stop-start of of the story and everything, and just, like, it seems to get interrupted too much. It's not as free-flowing, but there's a lot of ideas in it that I really like. The fact that it's not, like, traditional gym leaders, and uh, there's a lot of, like... Weird things I haven't really been in Pokemon before, like the Mantine surfing sections and stuff like that, which I think were new to the Ultra versions of the games. Um, other than that, I played a little bit more of Wolfenstein 2, not enough to get to the point where, last week I mentioned, I'm not talking about it till I finish it, because uh, Dom and I are supposed to have a conversation about it. Like I said, I didn't have internet, so I wasn't able to play it, because I'm... Without going into it, Chris, I have this weird thing with my achievements in my account that when I don't have the internet last time it happened when I was trying to get achievements it like deactivated my account and I had to st- uh, start a whole new Xbox account oh jeez um, that was like a long time ago that sounds like I, it's kind of like a f- that sounds like something that would happen on PlayStation <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a fear I've had it happened like in 2007 so I lost my uh, Xbox Live account from the, like, the original Xbox and I had to restart a new one which sucks um, so it's kind of like a fear I have uh, on a side tangent. It's like when I was little, I ate lasagna and got sick afterwards and not from the lasagna. I was just sick with like the cold or the flu. So for like six years, I didn't like lasagna just cause like I had the memory of me being sick. Oh man. Um, but I like lasagna. So it's like, yeah, I got over that. Um, anyways. Okay. We're good. We're yeah. good on lasagna. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. The other game I've been playing, I'm not a fan of mobile games, Chris. I actually kind of dislike most of them, if not a lot of them. Um, sure. The only mobile games I've kind of gotten into were Fire Emblem. I'm forgetting the name. I want to say Warriors, but that's the that's the uh, tech the uh, tech mode game. Uh, what is it called? Fire Heroes. Emblem Heroes. Yeah, so I got into that for a while. Obviously, fell out pretty hard, but I really enjoyed that game. And then I played DC Legends, which I don't know if you're familiar with. It's like a turn-based mm-hmm. combat game where you unlock uh, DC heroes and villains. Um, Marvel recently released their version of it called Marvel Strike Force. Has a lot of features in it that it does better than DC Legends, in my opinion. But the one it doesn't do is that in DC Legends, you can go to your roster and set multiple teams before you start missions and stuff. Uh, Marvel Strike Force doesn't have that, so it's kind of like cumbersome, and you have to like reset your team every time. Uh, it's a cool time waster. I don't think they're fantastic by any means, but being able to go in there and just like mess with Marvel heroes is really cool. They launched an event today, the day of recording this, um, on Thursday, April nineteenth. Uh, that's Infinity War based. So like you fight Thanos and you like unlock stuff related to Infinity War. Um, 
really cool time waster. Having fun with that. Um, they have a ton of like non-important characters. Like they have crease Kree side soldiers and like weird shield characters that you've probably never heard of even if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, like some really deep Marvel cuts in there which is pretty cool because um, you know you'd assume it's just like a lot of the main guys but they throw in a lot of weird references um, so that's cool um, other than that I've been continuing my MCU rewatch uh, finished uh, Captain America Civil War yesterday love that movie nice I'm personally going through and ranking them as I watch them and right now it sits as my number one favorite MCU movie through my rewatch um really like it a lot um and then I've still been reading comics uh on volume two of all new Wolverine and um I downloaded um I already owned the complete uh Vision series you know the where he has a family yeah, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so I recently downloaded it I haven't jumped into it yet but I have it on my iPad so I'm going to get be getting into that too um, it's pretty much it for me as far as I can think probably watch some movies and stuff on the side but can't think of anything that uh, was memorable off the top of my head Jared uh, Winter Soldier versus Civil War uh, as far as, so uh, Winter Soldier is number two on my list yeah, I was going to say, obviously, you said Civil War is number one, but how close are they? Uh, it's like splitting hairs, man. <laughs> like, you yeah, catch me you yeah. catch me on a different day, and I'll say Winter Soldier's number one. Like, I, I really love yeah. it. And I think, for me personally, those two are, like, far and away my favorite so far in my rewatch. The third is Guardians, yep. and though I do love Guardians a lot, yep. Winter Soldier and Civil War are, are, are in their own echelon for me through my rewatch. But you know, it's just my opinion. Um, so, I'll just hop right into it since... Uh, we're on the MCU. I rewatched Guardians Volume Two. Haven't gone there week. yet. Yeah. It's so oh good. my so gosh! Good. I love this movie so <laughs> much, and I, I love uh, Cap Two and Three, and then Guardians One and Two are my favorite MCU movies, and uh, all of them that I, I didn't rewatch uh, the original Guardians because I've seen it so many times already, but. Um, the other three I've rewatched just recently, and all three of them I liked even more the second time watching them, but especially Guardians 2, because um, there's just so much to appreciate there, not that there isn't any other movies, but, but Guardians 2 is just so well made, and I mean, James Gunn is like a master filmmaker in so many different ways, and he really, really uh, shows off his talent in both writing and directing. So, I mean, the comedy is just on point. I was cracking up laughing the whole way through, even though I know all the jokes. Um, and then, of course, the action is great. I, the reason I liked it better this time is because the first time um, I was pretty thrown off and turned off by the, uh, the part where uh, Kurt Russell and... Um, Chris uh, Pratt are fighting and they like come together and they do the the Pac-Man thing and it just totally looks like well it, it's because it, they were on a wire you know just like flying through the air and I just really didn't like it and uh, and then that kind of like soured me on the whole Kurt Russell thing uh, but now I see that that was just kind of one shitty part of the movie and, and I'm able to appreciate the whole a lot more so that might be above uh cap two and three for my favorite mcu movie um i also rewatched doctor strange recently and liked that a lot i was telling one of my friends that the uh the hand signals that they do in doctor strange 
really put uh, Scarlet Witch to shame because she's got she's basically just like wiggling her fingers in the air. But you can tell in Doctor Strange that they were very uh, choreographed, very choreographed, and yeah, they were like focusing like on deliberate. It they have like yeah. a really specific, deliberate uh, um, kind of uh, characteristics about them. So I really enjoyed that too, and. And I just love the trippy stuff, so uh, obviously Doctor Strange and Guardians movies are are up there for me. You're right. It's like a. Uh, it looks besides, like it's a discipline for them. Like, it's really cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you can just tell that there was somebody on set like talking them through that, or at least somebody that they consulted at some point. And I feel like with Scarlet Witch, it was like, yeah, just like wave your hands in the air and shit well, like it'll be cool. the thing with her she's supposed to be like a weird like kid with powers that doesn't know what to do so it's like she's like oh I have these weird powers let me look spooky it's like Ooh, blah, 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 you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah it just looks a little like once you've seen the movie already and you're rewatching it and especially if someone's brought that up to you it really sticks out and she does look goofy as fuck in uh, both Age of Ultron and Civil War but um, anyways uh, besides that I've also been uh reading a bunch of comics still and um jared and i were talking about i was putting together a bunch of the most recent marvel comics so um leading into marvel now from several years ago there's uh avengers versus x-men and uh kind of the starting point for that is wolverine and the x-men the series um where wolverine is taking over is uh he's like the headmaster of the new school that they start the gene gray school and um, it's pretty cool, man. It's uh, kind of, in some ways, gets back to like the roots of the X-Men and uh, kind of the teenagers with superpowers and the quirky high school thing. Uh, but you have kind of a whole new generation uh, with like Kid Omega and uh, Kid Gladiator um, and a whole bunch of others. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit. And... Um, didn't really play a whole lot this week, um, but of course we've got a big one coming up. Oh uh, man, yes well, we do. Actually, later oh. on tonight. So yeah, you'll be playing it by That's the time this podcast posts. Think about that. You'll be playing there it in like what? Well, not seven hours for you. Six hours for you? No, seven hours. Um, it is five hours for me. Awesome. Uh, Dom or Chris, want to go? You go ahead, Chris. Alright, um, so I like I didn't have my wife or kids this week, so I got to do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I saw A Quiet Place, I saw Ready Player One, and I saw Black Panther. Nice. So I saw all three movies this weekend. <laughs> For the first time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I, I just hadn't had a chance to see Black Panther. It was just a matter of timing, like not a matter of me like not wanting to go see it. So, oh, yeah. Um, but like as far as you guys were talking about the MCU, I would still put Winter Soldier above Black Panther. I, by far, Winter Soldier is my favorite of the, of the Marvel series. Uh, I just think it, it mm. just stands out as uh, as how every other individual Marvel movie should be after it. So it, it just kind of defines, and then every movie after that, I think, just gets better and better. Um, I've been reading uh, Last Shot. So the the Lando and Han uh, book uh, just started oh, that cool. nice. um, in anticipation of a solo movie because uh, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Uh, and as far as how is it? Um, it's not bad. It um, there's some stuff that's that's going to be part of the solo film, but it's more of like a younger Han and like a younger um, uh, Lando. And so like kid age? Mm, no, like. Like maybe like two to three years. Like you, it, it jumps forward to like Han three years before like um, A New Hope, 
and then it c- comes back okay. again. Like it kind of keeps jumping in the timeline, so you get like different yeah. different aspects of it. Um, so it 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 feeds into the fact that like the solo movie where they said it was like a ten year before you know a new hope. I would guess it's more like seven or six. So it might be closer. Okay. Um, and a couple of things in the book I won't spoil, but it, it gives you some information about the the movie. It's very little, you know, just little bits and pieces, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, Who's the author on that? Um, I'm looking at it because I don't have it on my like my book is sitting like at my office. It's uh, Daniel Jose Older. Um, I okay. I was kind of I was nervous about it because I I wasn't sure, but I've read the the Leia story line and some other books, and they're really good about just kind of depicting and giving you really clear visions and pictures of where where or what happened in the timeline, which I really like. There's a lot of backstory in in the 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 Leia book itself. Um, that talks about Han leaving, talks about uh, Kylo as a kid and how he found out, you know, who he was and that sort of stuff. So uh, a lot of that backstory is, is awesome, and I wish they would kind of promote it a little bit more than they do. Yeah, I agree, because uh, the most recent issue of Poe Dameron's comic that came out yesterday is him telling uh, Finn and Ray what happened to him after he got separated from Finn on Jakku. And so, basically, uh, kind of in agreement with what you're saying, I feel, honestly, like the uh, book and comic writers have to pick up a lot of the slack sure. that uh, kind of gets dropped in the movies, especially, in my opinion, with Last Jedi. So, um, in some ways, in some ways, I feel bad for those guys, but in other ways, it's cool that they it's get opportunity. to... Um, play around with that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they've got to play between like these kind of lines, but whatever they do inside those lines, they have the rules. They already know what the rules are, so that, yeah. that they can kind of make it as uh, however they want to. Uh, kind of like with yeah. Gary Witta talking about uh, making up what that force connection was between uh, Ray and Ren was like. He just made up a word. He was like, "That it's that's what it's going to be," and because I have the, the licensure yeah. to do it, so that's crazy. That's kind of cool. <laughs> just yeah. make it up. What is that word? Um, what is it called? It, uh, he called. Uh, I. Now I'm trying to think of the. I'm blanking on it. it. It was a force something. I can't remember. Like it was a, like some version of a force connection. I can't remember what what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he he had on Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, I just made that up," and so that's canon now. <laughs> like it's because yeah. like it has to be because he was he was rewriting the uh, he's rewriting the comic well for the the Last Jedi. So um, oh the ad- yeah, adaptation. adaptation cool. So he ma- so he had to make up something. Um, and as far that's as games crazy. are concerned, um, all I played is Far Cry. I beat Far Cry Five and, and went through that game uh, just a little under thirty-seven hours. Like, because I really didn't side mission a lot of stuff. Like, I tried to mainline as much as I could. I didn't fish. I didn't really hunt. There was money was just plentiful, and I left the game kind of bummed. Like, I expected. I, I knew. I was told there's no real story there, and I'm like, oh, maybe there are bits and pieces. Maybe at the end you'll get something. <laughs> I was super disappointed. <laughs> yeah, the end was disappointing. <laughs> Um, well, uh, it like if if you go in just like looking to blow crap up, yeah. like yeah, that game's awesome. Like there's lots of like fun moments, but other than that, I I wouldn't recommend it if somebody is looking for any version of. Did story. you get like? Because there's different endings. Yes. Um So did you get like? Let me see. I got the air quotes good ending. Okay. Uh, the uh, Dom, you do not have to worry about spoiling this. Yeah, shit okay, for me I don't I'm know. I mean, it's, fuck. Yeah, you, yeah, you're not wrong. It's kind of it's it's ridiculous and it's not good like story it's just kind of fucking dumb but um yeah yeah i was uh, some of like and i kind of went in a weird order too because i took out faith's uh region last okay um and i took jacob out second Hmm. which i was just like "Ah, i'm just gonna go up in the mountains and go up there for a while 
And like I said, I had a good time playing it. I mean, because it was kind of mindless and I didn't have to think a lot. The missions are very repetitive. Go in, take out an outpost, and keep talking to a person with an exclamation point until you get enough outposts that you can finally face whoever it is that you have to face. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. that's pretty much how I played it. Um, but that's literally the only thing I think I've, I played because I, I knocked it out in, I think, four days. I beat, I ended up I'll jump it. off that because that's, that's what Honest, pretty much what I've been playing too. I also beat it, obviously. But um, in addition to all that, I think it's actually a step back from some of the other Far Cry games in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, hmm. They took out, I mean, there's hunting, but it's way less meaningful. Um, you just get, you know, money yeah, and perk points. Like it's not like um, where you have to hunt specific animals to craft specific things and so on. Like that whole system they used to have, like, I want a bigger, you know, uh, another weapon slot, so I gotta go hunt a specific thing to make this backpack. That's that's the shit I used to love, but that's all entirely gone, um, which was a bummer for me. Um, yeah, this. I don't think you make. I don't think you make enough money from the pelts for it to matter yeah. because you're making yeah. money in other ways that is much more lucrative. And so when I see an animal run by, I'm like, I'm not chasing this motherfucker yeah. down like I used to. So yeah, the other I thing totally that agree. legit don't need money in this game. Like money is so plentiful that you yeah. don't even need to do anything to get money. It's everywhere. The other yeah. thing that bummed me out was the yeah. the perk system in general. There was like uh, two perks with different tiers that I wanted. You know, I wanted to increase my health and then max out my weapon slots. And once I got those. And I could get them right away because you can get any perk you want right away, and that was it. The other stuff like was completely useless. Weird. And yeah, yeah, it's not a skill tree yeah. that you have to climb. It's just a skill box. That yeah, you pick pretty much all the lazy. all the other perks were just useless. I mean, you need one to get like the wingsuit or whatever, and it's like one point, and like, so like there's and like to swim faster, but like it, it was just dumb. Like the pro progression was just non-existent to me. I don't know. That shit bummed me out. Um, but the setting was awesome. Like, I love that. Um, it was really cool. Everything they were doing. Um, lots of little jokes and certain things. I don't want to, like... that. You could spoil some stuff in that sense. Like, it won't be funny. As funny. I don't know. But, um, you know, little knocks on uh, certain kinds of people or whatever. I, I'm sure you can guess. Uh, but, yeah, the gameplay was fun. Albeit, yeah, repetitive. Um but flying helicopters and planes is really cool and blowing shit up. You know, that's all good. That was all great. Like, I had a ton of fun playing. Um, and the story was like, hmm, uh, all right, sure. The ending was at least unexpected, but it wasn't good. Uh, but, yeah. The shooting in that game doesn't feel fun. Like, it doesn't feel good. Like, there are so yeah. many other oh. games. It just it feels very off. Like, when I felt like I was shooting people, it's like I was, I was missing in places yeah. where I shouldn't have been missing. You know, like where Destiny or Halo feels different. You'd think that because that game is mainly shooting and blowing stuff up, that they would get that gunplay down. And they, it's always felt like that to me, like the old Far Cry games as well. But, yeah, they've not improved it. it is, it's got that kind of imprecise thing to it. Where, yeah, Call of Duty um, and Destiny, like, yeah, like you do exactly what you think you're going to do um, as far as your shooting controls and stuff. But... I don't know. It, it still is still. I had a ton of fun with it, man. Like, I can like shit on it all day, but like, I, I just it was a lot of fun. So, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, and at the end of the day, isn't that what really matters? I'm yeah. Just kidding. Well, that's what I told <laughs> you guys. Like, when I yeah. sent you guys a message. Like, yeah, I love this game, even though it is not very good. Like, you know, if I was gonna like give it a grade, I'm like six or seven out of ten, maybe. You know, kind of. But you had fun, so that's cool. But it, yeah, yeah, that's that's it's. Some stuff is hard to quantify, I guess, but I don't know. So you can enjoy bad games, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think it, it. I mean, yeah, it's such a weird thing. Is that doesn't happen too often to me? Where I, usually, if something's bad, I'm like, all right, let's just fuck off. But this, I'm like, still enjoying it. I like, dude, where's my car? And I, that movie's awful. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I loved Pacific Rim Uprising, and that's that movie didn't like change my life or anything like that. It, stuff doesn't always have to be uh, yeah. monumental, yeah. Uh, artistically mm-hmm. and creatively. It could just be yeah. fucking cool, and I think that's kind of what. But, uh, yeah, this w- I actually like the uh, the gunplay though. I'm surprised to hear you guys say that. Um, I've I've really always enjoyed it, and a lot of times because you know, and maybe this is why I have this opinion, but uh, I don't play a whole lot of shooters, and so usually by the time a Far Cry comes around, I'm kind of ready to have a shooter, and that usually uh, satisfies the itch for me. So. Yeah, This was like a right place, right time game oh, for yeah. me. Like, God of War is coming out soon, there was yeah. nothing else in my backlog that I needed to play, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll play Far Cry, and so I'm in, I'm in your boat. Like, I didn't care for the game, but I had fun Oh, shoot! It. No yeah. towers. I, I wanted towers, man. I want to unlock map with towers. Fuck me. That's what I wanted, and it wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. I think that gets a bad rap for yeah. Ubisoft games. Like, I actually personally, I enjoy that that part. Yeah, because like you it's know satisfying. that like accomplishing that, you you unlock a certain section of the map. Um, for me, I guess I'm in the the wrong place at the wrong time, Chris, because I'm currently obviously trying to get through Wolfenstein two, and I should have enough time that we can talk about it next week, Dom. Um, and like I'm sitting here, like I want to play Far Cry five, but like I really like Wolfenstein two, so why should I even get to that until I'm done with Wolfenstein sure. 2 and then when that's done it's like I don't ever I don't think there will be a time for a while for me and I don't know if there's ever going to be a time this year with the way games are releasing just for reference Chris I don't know if you know this I don't own a PlayStation 4 not yet I'm actually purchasing one for Spider-Man uh, before Spider-Man later this year um, awesome so I, I, I I'm not excited for God of War well, I'm excited for people to play God of War but I can't play it um, so I guess yeah I, Far Cry 5 might be one of those games that I just you know, pass by ships in the night. But from what I'm hearing from you guys, that's okay. It's cool to hear you guys yeah. have fun, but it seems like it's something I have to... It's not something you need. That You know, I wouldn't really recommend it in that sense. Like, oh, you gotta play I, it. I right? love Far Cry 3 and 4, but, like, for you, you saying it's a step back and Chris saying that, like, yeah, it's just... It seems like I'm, I'm good, you know? <laughs> it's a nice pass for me. Far Cry will be a great $30 game. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, sale yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally I, agree. I do like um, the villains, um... I think for the most part they were pretty good. Um, how you encounter them was completely fucking ridiculous. Um, it, frankly, that just I just got irritated of it, irritated with it. it. It's one of the worst end boss fights I've ever faced in a game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One of and the that worst. that last fight was dumb. But but just like in each region, there's like three or four times where you actually encounter, you know, the boss in, a, in that area, and it's just. This, the story or like the way that they get you to the boss is so dumb like and I'll just go ahead and spoil it in the first region like you just get captured every, like three different separate times when you hit enough dumb but I'm so excited for this story what the yeah, hell and, and each time they don't kill you you escape cutscene rinse and repeat every single time and then the other regions it's like oh you're drugged and they can kind of just choose when you get captured again at their own will or something but then again, they don't kill you. I've heard a lot of people. It's upset extremely with this. dumb. It's bad. Uh, really. Quick crazy. question: This one also had the trophy achievement where uh, finishing it through like the side like ten minute thing, right? Like Far Cry Four had. Doesn't it also yes. have that? Yeah, that's a yeah, Far Cry. Yeah, thing. you yeah. can do that right at the beginning too. Well, no, they introduced that in four, right? I don't think they, that was a thing before four. Cause I don't remember being able to do that in three. I could be wrong though. Well, it's a Far Cry thing now. Jared. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, other uh, other than Far Cry, though, really quick. I had been playing some more Persona 4. Um, I'm kind of getting sick of it, to Yay. be honest. I'm like, I think i got to be close to 30 hours, Yay. maybe 20-some hours. Um, 
it's just so you're 25 percent in nice yeah <laughs> exactly and that's yeah. i don't know that's kind of part of it where i'm like all right here we go and we're whereas persona games are very pet- yeah competitive. it's it was cool for a while and i'm like all right i'm just want to like get through this dungeon and just you know uh, can extend keep to get the story going and like I, i'm just sick of it at this point um now there is something to be said for the fact that that's originally a PS2 game, mm-hmm. and back in the day on PS2, people would love to have games that extended that life, like Persona did, because you didn't have stuff coming out all the fucking time, and so uh, some big meaty chunk, even if it, it was repetitive, a lot of people appreciated yeah, that. I, I, that makes sense, but I'm at the point where I'm I'm just putting it down. I don't know. I might. Yeah, not. just walk away from it. That's yeah. fine. You put thirty hours into that game, man. That's more than enough. It's fine. <laughs> and it's part of me is oh, like yeah. i already put this much in like i'm like almost halfway or a third like i might as well just finish it like but you know no i'm not i'm not playing that fucking game with myself <laughs> i've yeah i've stopped needing to beat games to right. enjoy them like far cry is a great example i i haven't ever beat a far cry game but you i don't really need far to cry, like three and four uh exactly they're the stories especially if that's not interesting to me then it's like you know I think it, I've played thirty plus hours of three and four and didn't finish them, but I got my worth out of it. So it's a huge misnomer that you actually have to beat a game or, or to get through it to enjoy it, or even to have an opinion yeah. on it. I mean, you can have an opinion on a game with ten hours into a game. You're just like, you know, it isn't for me, but I get why other people like it. Or yeah. you know, this these are the things that I saw in my t- in my playtime. Yeah, and that even goes more so in open world games and huge uh, JRPGs because those are like padded for a purpose. It's like it's fine to just walk away if you want to walk away, you know. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. I gotta drop one last one last little bomb here. Is the past couple weekends I've been started playing Fortnite with a buddy of mine, um, at his behest. Interesting. Not mine. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was fun for a round or two, I guess. I don't. <laughs> but, oh, oh shit! I thought we were about to have our own civil war, Dom. I'm no. glad you're on my side. This is awesome. Well, it's just <laughs> it's not good. It's not a. It's not even a game to me. Like it's just kind of like a mode, and that literally is what it is, I guess. But. I'm like, what? The, what is yeah. the appeal here? I don't understand it at all. It's, it's free to play. I think that's a huge thing. That's why it yeah. like has the numbers it has, and it's exploded the way it has, is because it's free. And I think that's why you've recently seen the push by Microsoft to do the free weekends with PUBG. Um, they're different games, obviously, but that's the reason why Fortnite's eating its lunch for the most part is because its audience skews younger. Guess what younger people don't have? Expendable income. Yeah. So a free game obviously is going to blow up when people start jumping on it. I'm not a fan of it either. I don't like the building aspect of it. That's my main gripe with the game is that in a battle royale for me, it's about gunplay. And the moment you add in building mechanics, it kind of deviates away from gunplay being the main important factor. Um, oh, yeah. I also don't think the shooting in that game is it very sucks. good. Yeah, the, it's the, the game is polished very nice and it looks very good and it runs fine. It's because it's made by Epic, who has the Unreal Engine, and it's also built in a game that took them ten years to develop. Like, there's a reason that game runs the way it does. I'm I like PUBG a lot more personally, um, but yeah, f- to answer your question, it's because it's free and it's easy to get into and it's very casual. I'm not saying that in a diminutive way, but like it's very easy to get in yeah. and get out and it's not for the hardcore. Whereas PUBG. $30 price point, it's a little bit hardcore in its shooting mechanics, and it seems like there's a lot more strategy. I've played, I've played both, so like, yeah, I, I lean more PUBG than, than Fortnite. I thought we were about to have a Tony Stark, Steve Rogers thing here, Dom. I was like, oh, where is this going? I just, the whole, <laughs> the whole fact, I, I, I just don't like it. And this particular game is, it's just not good to me. I don't know. I, yeah. It's, and it's, 
very Minecraftian. It's uh, parents aren't afraid to let kids play uh, this exactly. game because it doesn't come off as hardcore or as R-rated as PUBG does. So yeah, it, cartoony. It, it's very cartoony, and so uh, kids are allowed to play because I know plenty of parents that are like, "Yeah, my kid just sits in front and plays this game all the time," and it's like it's still a gun game. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it, but it's love- appear, it doesn't appear that way. Love the term Minecraftian. Love Never heard it yeah. before, but I'm digging yeah. it. Yeah, it's. I mean, if they were to see their kids playing PUBG, they're like, "Whoa, this is like a military shooter," you know. And yeah, the, <laughs> the funny thing too is like, there's this discussion happening where people think Battle Royale is a fad, and a lot of other people think that it's just going to be a game mode that's going to be attached to games the way Horde mode blew up, and then it became a game mode in games that was kind of deviated on. Um, and maybe this battle royale isn't the one for you, but say a game comes along that you really like the gameplay of it, and then they happen to have a battle royale mode on the side, you might actually dig it, Dom. So, well, I'm glad to hear that Fortnite wasn't for you. Multiplayer games in general, so yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the thing too. I forgot about that. You're not. A, a, neither of you guys are multiplayer guys. So, right. You know. Yeah. Chris, what's your opinion? Did you play PUBG and, and Fortnite? Have you played those games? Uh, I, I, I've played both. Um, I enjoy PUBG a little bit more just because I like the uh, the thought process through it. Uh, Fortnite, I can I get the, the reason why people enjoy it so much because oh, yeah. it's, it's a quick, fast game. So you can get in, get out, and when you die, you're back in immediately. Let's start playing again. Whereas PUBG, you could be spending 25 minutes to half an hour, not see a single soul, and then die two seconds later. And then all of a sudden, you're, you know, all of the stuff that you've grabbed is completely gone. So yeah. I get it. I'm not really into battle royals. They're not really that interesting to me. Um, I like multiplayer games. I just don't like the the battle royal uh, style. But I, I understand why people are into it and why it's such a, a draw right now. Yeah. Well, for me, I only play battle royale with a squad. I don't like playing solo personally. Um, I don't even really like duos that much. I like run, uh, running in PUBG with three other friends and just trying to make it to the end. And we win pretty pretty often. Um, they show you your statistics and stuff, and I'm not trying to brag, but just to, like, the reason I'm enjoying it so much is that uh, more than 65% of the time we finish in the top 10. So, like, we have consistent success, which leads to me enjoying the game more, right? So I'm going to enjoy a game more if I'm constantly winning at it. Um, so I think that's why I've gotten so attached to PUBG. But I think Battle Royale is going to be one of those things that it's definitely hit or miss with people. And like you said, you're a multiplayer guy, and it still isn't for you. So it's fine. You know, everything isn't for everybody. That's just the way it is. Do you think it fills that that destiny niche for people about playing with other people and having a squad up and and being able to like go through uh, missions and stuff like that? That communication where you know you're talking and you're just you know BSing because you, you can do some mindless you know gunplay and stuff like that. Not not personally, no. For me, I think Monster Hunter was more so that um, with PUBG, it's often the the group I play with we're strategy focused. We're often talking about. I have extra ammo for you. Hey, I More found serious. a gun. We're, we're talking about the game. Whereas with Destiny, especially when, I'm on your six. when you're when you're grinding story missions or playing uh, in Crucible, you're sometimes you're just having the dumbest conversations of like, you know, just dumb conversations. I don't need to bring up an example, but you know, just very dumb conversations. Uh, so it doesn't really feel that neat. I've got a personally quick question. Do you guys think that eventually, let's say, I don't know, six, eight, ten years from now, we'll be looking at battle royale as just another uh, multiplayer game mode, yeah. like kill, yeah. uh, deathmatch, or um, capture the flags, mm-hmm. or like horde mode, or zombies, yeah. or something like that. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's what it'll be. I don't think, I don't think we'll see games specifically cater to that. I think there will be a couple of unique uh, circumstances, but I think it will eventually become a thing attached to sell bigger, more grander games and concepts. It'll be our game has a battle yeah. royale on, attached. You know. 
Because um, th- th- you do now, have to have a bigger map to do it. Exactly. That's why we're going to get into it later in the news section. Call of Duty adopting Battle Royale is a lot different to me personally than Battlefield adopting it and the struggles that each of those teams is yeah. going to face implementing that kind of system. And we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see it being a game mode. Uh, anything else, Dom? Really odd hearing you that he's played Fortnite. Yeah, well, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's it's the farthest thing from my kind of game, um, in pretty yeah. much every way. Um, so I just had to talk about it. Like, here's what I think. It's probably not like valuable to most people. But it's like me coming on the show and be like, guys, I marathon Dance Dance Revolution this weekend. <laughs> right. It's like the least Jared game oh my ever. God, you want to talk about making my day? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's hop into the news here, though. Uh, glad to see everybody had. A lot of fun, you know, over the last week, or for Dom's case, three weeks, Month, yeah, four weeks, can't even at this point. Um, so the first bit... Yeah, thanks for showing up, Dom. Thanks for finally showing up, Dom. Glad you <laughs> decided to join. Uh, the first bit of news here is that Deadpool 2's director, David Leach, I believe is the way you pronounce his name, has signed on to be the director for the Division movie that we heard about, I would say maybe a year and a half ago, maybe, you know, 18 months. Uh, that's, that is a year and a half. Which is a year yeah. and a half. Uh, uh, for those of you who speak in, in, in baby age. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. We already knew that Jake Gyllenhaal was attached to this project for a long time. And uh, Jessica Chastain also recently signed on to star in the movie alongside him. Um, it's going to be based on the story of the game, The Division, which is about you know New York City and it being decimated by a virus and like a snowfall. Um Another video game movie. Uh, the reason I want to talk about this is um, having a director is interesting. Deadpool 2 from the trailers we've seen looks like it's going to be more of Deadpool 1, uh, which is great. Um, David Leach looks like he's you know, a suitable director for this project. Uh, with Tom Clancy's name behind this and, and the, you know, the type of uh, catalog he has behind him, do you think that this has a, a good chance of succeeding as a video game movie or just as a Tom Clancy movie, The Division? Depending on what you mean by succeeding, yeah. Uh, criti- critically succeeding. Yeah, it could be good. Uh, I'm 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 leery that this director is even going to stay with the project, but but by the time that this actually goes to light, because he's already working yeah, on and yeah, he's working on the Rock with the Fast and the Furious that spin off, and so that's another that's a project that he's that's already scheduled for late 2018, early 2019, and you're assuming he's going to have enough time in order to get to this afterwards, and they're going to push that maybe to tw- late 2019, 2020. He might not even be on this project by the time this thing gets off the ground, or if the script even makes it. So this is yeah. very, very early stages. Uh, I would hope. It depends on, on what the script looks like. Gillen Hall is really tied to the studio that's doing this, and he's the one who's who's strong-arming it to get this out. So mm-hmm. it depends on how, how long he decides he really wants to do this. If he decides eventually, you know what, this is too much for me, this project could blow up in a second. Yeah, the good thing is this isn't a DC movie or the Flash movie specifically, so there's a good chance he might actually stay on. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, man, that Flash project, just seeing, like, a director is uh, announced, and then he's gone, and then announced, and then he's gone. It's like, Jesus. This Batman movie um, is just, uh, it's, it makes me furious, because now I couldn't give a fuck less, and I, I I should be all over it, but... Yeah. Uh, Jordan, you were talking about, before we started the show, about Tom Clancy and how this, this movie kind of has the, the roots to be a lot different than video games before it. Well, I just, I don't think this should be a video game movie. I think this should be an adaptation of, you know, Tom Clancy's novel or series of novels, I'm not sure which, but, um, you know, clearly, like I was saying, I think Tom Clancy is a better storyteller than, um, you know, these 
rando guys at uh, Ubisoft. Not that they're bad, but I just didn't think that the game itself had like a compelling story at all, um, which is something that would have happened in the book since, you know, part of the story would have been him building the world and the scenario and in the in the game world that's just like uh, like window dressing almost. So um, yeah, I would say why aren't you just dire- uh, adapting uh, you know, the novel of this great author as opposed to uh, adapting an adaptation. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they know something that I don't and uh, we'll see. I still think that we are several years away from uh, a really solid video game movie, um, but you know, yeah, who knows? It's gonna take it's gonna take people who get into the position to direct these movies that understand that you don't need to try to force the video games narrative into the into a movie structure, and they kind of you know what I mean. I think right. that's the issue is like a lot of times they get muddled, muddled with the message of like how to adapt this video game story, and video game stories are told differently because we interact with them. That's not how films are. I think people are having issues with that, and that's why video game movies often fail to meet film standards uh, because they're trying too much to be like their video game counterparts. It's very weird. Um, There's also a quick shout out to Jake Gyllenhaal's last video game adaptation, Prince of Persia. Oh God, Uh, that one wasn't so great. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, Jesus, not that him. Prince of Persia, where's that been? God. yeah, but yeah. Chris, you do bring up some valid points. Don't get too attached because you don't even know if he's going to be a part of this movie. You know, we'll see. Um, no, to your point, though, I think that uh, the book, the, the after the collapse book, the, the attachment book that went with the division, I think would make a great jumping start, like a jumping off point, because yeah. it had a lot of okay. a lot of loose ideas that never they weren't like all the way to the end, so they could easily kind of add different things to that and and make it somebody retelling a story of how the collapse started and that's how they could jump into the division and then jump back out again with that character. Yeah, and so there is no novel called The Division. No, the the, the after the collapse uh, I got the book and what it is is basically somebody's sketchbook like a notes and they were writing notes day by day oh. and it's matched by color and you it's it's almost like a paint by number like you're you're going through that and if you see the pencil in red it kind of means it was on this day but it doesn't specifically tell you it's that day you just have to kind of read the book to get that idea. Oh, World War Z-esque. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Really cool. Um, and uh, some of my friends who are really in with the Division uh, group um, did a podcast on it, and there's a lot of information there. There's a lot to dig into if somebody wants to do so. Yeah. So did he come up with the concept of the Division itself, like the group of people within that world that are going out and trying to fix uh Huh. No, they own they own the the, the Tom Clancy uh, name, and they can brand it on. You know, obviously they have to, to pass it through certain things, but they can brand it on things. So you have read the book, and they don't mention the division at all. Um, the on the the collapse book is oh no, it's about yeah. it's about the division. It's about the, what happened uh, in that okay. storyline, but it's from a different person's perspective. It's about the original person in the collapse, like how that occurred and and what she what she you. went through over that period of time. Okay. But it's through, like, notes. It's like, hey, day one, I, yeah, yeah, I met yeah. this person, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of goes that way. Cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, see, that's, like, something that would be cool to adapt, yes. you know. Yeah. But who knows. Um, so the next news story here isn't a news story at all. It's simply an exchange of tweets. Um, earlier this week, actually, the day after we recorded last week's episode, episode 93, Ryan McCaffrey, uh, IGN Zone, tweeted out stating, and this was after all of the, the reviews came out for God of War, all of the tremendous reviews. 
Uh, he tweeted out, Xbox fans are dying to celebrate a masterpiece level exclusive like God of War. Thing is, though, it took Sony 10 years to get to this point where their first party is firing on all cylinders. This work started in PS3 era. Xbox can might get there, but it's going to take a long time. Um, and obviously he made a reply there saying, hey, fanboys, you're taking this tweet wrong. Calm down. Uh, but then Phil Spencer actually replied, um, Xbox P3 himself, and he stated, our hardware took time, our service platform backwards compatibility took time, and continuing to grow our first party will take time. A high quality and diverse first party, yes with single player, built the right way is our goal and what our customers deserve. We can have similar results to what we've seen in our hardware and our platform. So he's basically replying like, yeah, it is, has been taking time. Um, People who thought this was going to happen overnight were crazy. Uh, I want to talk about this because, like always, we always talk about Phil Spencer being open and candid and willing to reply and talk about this stuff. Um, this wasn't what the previous regime would have ever done. And the reason Xbox is seeing the success it has been is because of Phil Spencer in a lot of ways and the way he's able to open up to the Xbox community and gamers at large and just be very relatable. Um... What do you guys think? Like, do you think obviously it's going to take time with their first party? Do we see the results of his work this year? Do you guys think at E3? Well, probably bits of it, right? I mean, this is also yeah, not, not something, everything. Yeah, this isn't something that's overnight. All of a sudden, it's a whole new portfolio, right? Yeah, you'll probably, I would guess, you know, like see at least one. You know, we had this. I had that prediction last year about they're going to show so many new IPs of their own, right? But I'd bet we see like one big new IP. Um, that's like a first party, first or third party, but exclusive to Xbox either way. I, I, you know what I mean? At, at E3 this year, I could see that. But just that's a bit, right? Probably, there's probably a lot yeah. of things uh, in the pipeline for the next decade or whatever um, that will yet yeah. be seen. Microsoft's doing everything right except producing games. That's yeah. the problem. And games sell hardware, and games are the reason why people come to your platform. I mean, if you look at Sony Santa Monica, that was a fledgling uh, studio pr prior to God of War coming out. They were they had just tanked a game a uh, year, a couple years prior, and they were everything's riding on God of War being good. They had to reimagine a game. If you took uh, Halo and reimagined Halo, people might come back to Halo for more than just the multiplayer. They might come back for the story, or they might come back for the game. Which or Gears? Gears. I mean, Gears came out and it was like a whisper after Gears came out. Everybody was really excited, and then it's nobody an awesome really game about though. It yeah, you're right. But it was a good game, but but it just never got pub. So you've they've got to reimagine games or rethink the way that a 2007 Xbox game looks and make it into 2019, 2020, and make it make it that. Yeah, um, it's it's tough because obviously uh, PS3 was. Not in a bad place by any means. It was still doing fine, but we saw them, you know, starting to work towards, you know, the Last of Us and the games we got and the, the the masterpieces that PlayStation has put out. And I think that we've seen the arrogance that that Don uh, Matrick had during the 2013 debacle, and it showcased that Xbox, um, as a division of Microsoft, just didn't really care about producing in-house stuff outside of Halo and Gears. Like they were just fine with, you know, relying on third parties to sell sell the platform and we saw that backfire obviously um and then phil spencer came in in i want to say 2015 i could be wrong about that um so that's what three years ago maybe mm -hmm. it was the end of 2014 i could be wrong um it's going to take time and i think that we do see a tease of a new ip and i do think we see the announcement of them purchasing a studio i don't know what studio that is but i think they're going to have an in-house studio already working on a project that's maybe a year and a half away 
and that'll be the new IP. And I think we're going to see them announce the acquisition of a game studio and be like, they're going to be working on something for us. We don't know what yet, or maybe they do know, but they don't want to show it's too early. They're going to be like, we acquired this studio. They're going to be making games for us. My dream, and this might be when we get into the E3 predictions uh, next month, is that they have Amy Hennig come out on stage and Phil Spencer's like, you know, things have been rough for her. We're giving her a team. Or we're giving her the right to make her own team, and we're giving her time to make the game she wants to make. And you guys will see it then. And Amy Hennig comes out, says a couple of things, and then walks off stage. Like having Amy Hennig have a studio and build it herself and be a part of Xbox would be a huge announcement at E3. And people know Amy Hennig, and they'd be like, "Oh, we're not getting a game right away, but we know what that means," which would be huge. So yeah, it, this is kind of like it's one of those things like. Well, they should just make more good first-party games. Like, <laughs> well, duh. Like it's simple. But you know what I mean. It, it, you can. I, I like to relate this to sports. Like, well, why don't teams just get the next Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and become a dynasty? Like, why don't you just do that? Like, yeah. Well, obviously, every yeah. team would love to build that. Or you know what I mean. Obviously, Xbox would love to have a great portfolio of first-party exclusives and whatever. But it's easier said than done. Like, well, just go make a God of War game that's going to get all these ten out of tens. Like, well, you can't just do that, right? It's not. Yeah. That's tough. That's a tough thing, and, and Sony's lucky to have. I, I th- um, these studios they have so well even Nintendo like and Nintendo and Sony yeah. don't they, they have a history that Xbox doesn't right. Xbox is way younger than both of those studios and have way less experience so yeah I think people forget that Sony didn't have first party games that were really that people gave a damn about for two years but they were just they lived off at of launch, first party at, games yep. and now at, at launch and now they're hitting on all of those first party games that everybody had been waiting for Xbox just doesn't have I mean Sea of Thieves I mean, good game, but not a system seller. And that game at sixty bucks, a lot of people are still complaining about it. And it, the following has dwindled heavily on that game. And then, the, as far as games that are coming out for Xbox for the rest of the year, what else is coming out? Uh, Crackdown, they haven't even spoken about in well, months. State of Decay two, I think will will be received critically well, but that's not a AAA game. That's not the game that's going to move units, you know. So, no, I think it is weird. Talk, listening to them talk about like how it's taking time and stuff, um, these first-party studios and even just the uh, the exclusives that Sony has had have been around for a very long time. It's something that they've cultivated since the mid-90s with the PS1. And um, it's just weird to me because Microsoft's always had that. They just haven't ever emphasized yep. it in the same way that Sony or even Nintendo has. So... Um, I get what Phil Spencer is trying to say, like, hey, it takes time, but it's like, well, really, if you had done it right, kind of the way it's supposed to be, I think, is the way that Nintendo and Sony do it, then you'd be there already. This is not like Xbox is some, Xbox is not Ouya or some, like, startup. Um, They've been around for long enough to where if you guys had been cultivating this, then there wouldn't be any discrepancy between the amount of titles that are first. I think they could, exclusive. yeah, they could get a huge boost. I know Jared, you suggested it before, like from uh, an existing IP, right? Like if they were to get something Marvel exclusive, you know, um, like Sony just got with with Spider Man, that that I think is an easy like jump in that direction, right? Like we got to get something recognizable that everyone already loves, um, and it's also still got to be good, right? I mean, again, you can't just make yeah. a good game; like it's no big deal, but. You know, if they could get like a, I don't even know, an Avengers game exclusive or something like that, um, that would be a good quick boost um, in that direction for them, I think. 
Yeah, and uh, you know there was that interview. Early, it was either earlier this year, or la- late last year. Jordan Dime, you can remind me when we covered on the show. But do you guys remember when Phil Spencer had that long interview with GameIndustry.biz? I think it was GameIndustry.biz, and he was talking about how like the corporate culture was terrible at, at Xbox and Microsoft, and it was actually in, in the main news of like them having to restructure everything, and um, it wasn't a healthy working environment. And it just seems like, and there's even been reports of Microsoft not really putting money. Uh, into Xbox and letting it thrive more and I think now we're kind of seeing that with the corporate turnover with Phil Spencer being one of the main pillars of Microsoft being in that main boardroom they're seeing how important the, their gaming division is and we've seen that they're we've been told that there's a recent influx of money and resources that are, are being put into Xbox so I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and acquire some major names that we don't expect them to acquire. Will they be the EAs and the Valves? No, <laughs> not even close. But I do think some studios that we don't even expect that could get snatched up. Um, Microsoft has a lot of resources, and if they want to go hard on something, they can. And they have the benefit of having the technology to make their infrastructure for their systems, for their, their hardware, really good. Like Chris said, they just need to back that up now with the games over the next couple of years to make people really want to buy an Xbox again. So, we'll see. I've... Well, he's quite literally got a seat at the table now, and that's very important. Yeah, that's huge. Very important. Um, yeah. Any, any have, closing thoughts? Yeah, I have two two quick points. One, um, when it comes to new IPs, they've already tried that route with Sunset Overdrive, and it didn't work out. Um, so I feel bad. And they also tried to make a push for uh, an exclusive in Tomb Raider. That didn't work mm-hmm. out. The mm-hmm. problem is, is they rested on three names, Fable, Halo and Gears, and that's all they ever had back in that time frame, and they didn't bother to like continually make new IPs even eight years ago. So at this point, those are their three IPs. So it's really difficult. Where Sony was manufacturing games like Bloodborne and and games like that, they, they're not even first party studios, but they 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 snatched up these type games and they hit. Microsoft didn't do that in a time period when they could have, and now it's a lot more difficult to make those kind of things happen. Yeah. Also, though, like as good as Sunset Overdrive was. I don't really think that 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 game was a tremendous game. I don't think that game is necessarily a system seller or a marquee exclusive IP, if that makes sense. Sunset Overdrive, to me, is the game you add to an already existing great catalog. It's not something that's going to be... It's a side Exactly. It's not going to be the next big franchise. And as far as Tomb Raider, that's a weird one, too, because I think what their play was is, like, this is going to be our Uncharted. I think the problem is they didn't go full in on Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider was exclusive for a year both times, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I think that's different than having your own exclusive IP. Even if people hear it's not coming out for a year on another system, that doesn't reign the same as, oh, I'm never going to get to play the new God of War. Ever. How sad for them that they that they test drove Sunset Overdrive's, uh, you know, engine for and got all of the mechanics down, and now they Sony snatched them up and were like, okay, yeah, now make Spider-Man. See, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Spider-Man and then Bloodborne's another good example of, like, Sony being active and, like, going to a studio. Like, hey... Uh, to from software like make us uh, a version of dark souls you know do something different with it and you know it's ours we'll sign you for it make this game on our system and then going to um fuck are they called insomniac like let's make a spider-man game you guys we'll publish it it'll be great like let's do it you know what i mean like yeah i don't know well there's something to be said for sony's allowance for creativity in some ways it works out really well for them uh you know spider-man bloodborne examples that you just mentioned horizon um last of us yeah horizon but then in other ways they let uh games like the last guardian go on way too long and now even dreams you're seeing that where 
Um, sometimes they're a little bit too loose, too laissez-faire yeah. with a so lot they're of probably eating money to, on that shit. Uh, right, exactly. Um, but I would say it works out well enough, often enough, that they're making enough money on um, their Last of Us and Horizon type deals that they can. Um, let things like their very own Studio Japan do Gravity Rush 2, which was never going to be a huge seller, but they they can let that happen because of their other bigger games. Yeah, and Layla, what that other game go really long? What was that first party studio game that they that bombed in like the middle of February, like the second year in, like what uh, something 1842 or 1542 or whatever? What? Order oh, 1886. Order 1886. Yeah, order 18. Yeah, that, that's a second yeah, party. Sec, yeah, second party exclusive. But that game bombed. Game, I mean, that wasn't a. It, it was a good game, <laughs> yeah. but like it just didn't yeah, do well but they, they took a risk yeah they let that studio play forever on that game and then they put it out and it was it didn't it's half well. a game the, the crazy thing too like yeah. sunset overdrive being more of like a side dish i think with order 1886 i think that would do way better as a console launch game than like middle uh of the of the life cycle um but like yeah. going back to Xbox, I think another huge issue they had was everyone was up in arms when Scalebound got canceled. My honest opinion, I'm glad it got canceled because I think that they saw the reading in the tea leaves, and I think Phil Spencer didn't want another Sunset Overdrive, which wasn't a bad game but didn't do very well, or even worst case scenario, a Recore where it was an exclusive that just wasn't a very good game. And I would rather have them cancel a game that they can already kind of see that this isn't going to end well. What if he felt that it was going to be, oh, we're going to put another five years of development money into this for what could potentially be a subpar game? Um, the problem with that, the problem why Scalebound hurt fans so much is because it was the only kind of new IP we saw in the foreseeable future, you know? Sure. It wasn't like they had a stable right. and they're knocking one of these pillars down. It was like, oh, this is the one, the o- one of the only pillars and they're getting rid of it. And I think that's the thing is they need yeah. to not only introduce a new IP or new things they need to introduce a host or a house of those and I think the, the way they do it is not by necessarily building new teams but acquiring already existing talented studios um, people forget that Bluepoint isn't owned by Sony it'd be crazy to imagine a world where Microsoft picks up Bluepoint if they're able to be purchased like there's studios out there that can make great games yeah there's tons of yeah them. there's tons of um, they, they blew it on Rise they had a shot with Rise they could have picked up that property and they, and yeah, they chose I, not to take it yeah I think they've been betting on the wrong horses because they've got stuff like Rise, Scalebound from Platinum. You got stuff like Recore. I mean, they have exclusives, but they're just not necessarily good or anywhere near the quality bar that Sony and Nintendo. And put the on. worst part is the bets. I think weren't the greatest bets, but like, look who they bet on. They bet on. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Recore was being made by the guy who originally designed uh, Mega Man. Correct. Uh, well, it's. Uh, KG and Afune is is like most closely associated with Mega yeah. Man, but he wasn't the creator. Well, yeah, but the guy behind Mega Man, so like, oh, we're gonna have this guy create a, a platformer for us. That didn't really turn out too well, and we're seeing we saw the same thing happen with um, uh, sorry, Scalebound with Platinum. It's like people love a lot of Platinum's games, but Platinum is hit or miss with their games. Some of them are cult classics, oh, yeah. classics and loved, and some of them are just not good games. And uh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, we we saw the reports that they were mis mishandling Scalebound. It seemed like, anyways, from the reports. So, yeah, I just think they need to come out with a stable, and we'll see what happens. But like I said, I'm glad that Phil Spencer is as candid and open as he is because they have all the resources. He just needs to get the games there, and I have faith. We'll see. You never know what happens. Um, um, real quick, uh, is Crackdown still a game? It Crack- is. Yeah, Crackdown's going to be coming out. I, I just don't think they're spending a lot of time on it because I, I think they... My 
theory is that it was planning to come out last year and it was going to be a hollow shell of a game and people responded like super well to um terry cruz and that whole thing at the beginning remember when he was like doing the terry cruz thing and i honestly think that they yeah. went back and were injecting and like oh terry cruz is going to be a part of this game now he wasn't a part of the game before but i think they people responded right. so much to that like the one thing that Crackdown misses, and even the first two entries, is personality. I think the games are fun to play in. Um, they're not great, but they're fun. And they, they lack, like, personality. And I think Terry Crews is, like, the perfect medicine for that. And I think they saw the response and saw how much people loved him. So, like, we're going to just put this baby back in the oven for a bit. And I think they're injecting Terry Crews into that game. As a character, obviously. Put this baby back in the oven. Yeah. How many babies do you, have you put in an oven, Jerry? Uh, zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh... We were going to be covering uh, the Bioware story, but we're running a little long, so I think I'm just going to cut out. I don't think we really had a whole lot to say there. Neither did they. Um, so let's let's talk, oh, let's talk about the story. Oh, slammed up. Let's there talk we about go. the yeah the big topic from Polygon. Um, Chris uh, Plant writes over there: Call of Duty Black Ops Four won't have traditional single player campaign. Um, I'm going to briefly touch on some of the parts in the story. If you want to go read the entire story, it's pretty interesting. Um, but basically, what it, what it, you know c- comes down to is that. There's rumors and reports via Reset Era and uh, game industry outlets that Black Ops 4 won't have a traditional single-player campaign. It's not going to be because they didn't want to. What the rumor states is that they were running out of time um, creating the single-player campaign and finishing it, so they had to divert and come up with another plan of action. And apparently what that plan of action is that Raven is going to be working on a Battle Royale mode. And on top of that, it's not going to have 100 people. It's going to have less than that. They're targeting 100. Um, and that they're going to make the meat of the game the zombies and multiplayer mode. And the zombies and the battle royale mode that is assumedly on the way is going to make up for the lack of single player. Um, there's a lot to go on in this conversation. Black Ops not having a single player, a lot of that stuff. Um, we can take this conversation however you guys want to. What I want to start off with is like... I don't think this is shocking or surprising. We've kind of see, seen this, uh, you know, happening with Call of Duty. People rarely buy Call of Duty for the single-player campaign anymore. Uh, I think they're far and few between. I think Dom, I, just I and a couple of other people <laughs> are, 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 you know, Rare. are a small portion of a small portion of the audience. And, yeah, it makes sense that they would ditch it because single-player campaigns um, with the, the craftsmanship uh, and value that, you know, and the the quality that Activision puts into them for Call of Duty. You may not agree with the narrative being good, but the polish is really great, and those take a lot of money. And if you see a large portion of your audience isn't playing that game mode, why would you invest in it? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Side note, I have friends that I play with. Some of these friends I play PUBG with that I mentioned earlier that will literally tell me, why would I buy that game if it only has six... Uh, for, why would I buy that game if it's only single player for $60? That's a waste of money. And in my head, I'm like, that's crazy to me. Well, that's just the way a lot of people think nowadays. Yeah. Like, if a game is just single player, they don't see the value in that. And for me, it's like, well, $60, I'm not paying $60 for eight hours specifically. That's not how that works for me. There's a lot of value in a great narrative and stuff. It's very weird to me, but yeah. that's how a lot of people think nowadays. And for them, it's like, why would I buy Call of Duty for the story? You're dumb. I'm going to be playing multiplayer all the time, you know? And to us, it's like, that's weird, but to a large portion of the audience, it's not. So, what do you guys want to talk about with this? It's it's pretty it's pretty big news, but I wouldn't say it's surprising. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of it would have been Halo Five, I think, or <clears throat> might have been Gears Four, where they dropped the local co-op. Um, uh, that was Halo Five. Yeah, Halo Five. And so it, this is like a larger, uh, I think, version of that. But yeah, people were like 
furious, or you know, a subset of people were furious that Halo was dropping local co-op because that was such a big part of what Halo originally was, right? Um, and they must have seen like, well, it's not really getting used anymore because people play online more, even if they're doing co-op. Um, but yeah, so this it's got to be like like you're saying, right? They're just they have the data. They're seeing people every year less and less playing the campaign. Um, why are we going to put the resources and the money into it? Um, the other theory that got brought up, we don't know. I, I think the validity of it is that it just they didn't have enough time, which is it would be an even more interesting twist on this story. Um, I guess we don't know if that was the case or not, but I don't know. I think this is a big. This is kind of like a landmark type of thing where, like, you know, when Call of Duty does something like this, well, you know, other big shooters probably are going to start to follow suit. You imagine um, if it goes, you know, well for them, um, but I don't know. Um, I just bought, you know, the last Call of Duty and played only the single player, <laughs> and, and it was pretty yeah. pretty darn good. And it, it, the irony is that was the first Call of, Duty, Call of Duty game I played in, you know, half a decade or something. So, and then as soon as I do that, then they start dropping single players. I don't know. On the opposite end of the, I think this would be an even larger announcement if we didn't have the only single player shooters coming out too. Like, Wolfenstein Two happened, you know. So like, it's literally the opposite right, spectrum right. of that. So though we're losing single player in Call of Duty, which is hit or miss for a lot of people in the recent era of Call of Duty, we still have the Wolfenstein Two. So you're not, you're not losing a core part of like, you know, the games you know industry. What? So you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call back because actually, I think it is pretty likely that they just they planned on having a single player here and it just didn't make it or whatever the issue because this is Black Ops Four. You know, this isn't like a yeah. new, you know, this isn't a new something warfare there's like an existing story that's i mean the first black ops had a really cool story it does stuff. seem a bit yeah, fishy. Now, yeah it does seem a little bit fishy especially because like how many fucking call of duty games do we have and they've been able to hit it every year i kind of feel like this might be a springboard to just say yeah we're not doing stories anymore and if you see how you know kind of gauge the audience and if you guys uh forget there was that a uh, rumor uh, a month ago that it was going to include that black ops 4 was going to include modern warfare 2 remastered and that wasn't going to have multiplayer so i wonder if Twist. that rumor was actually leading towards black ops yeah. 4 not having single player and it was just like a weird you know they, they got it backwards um yeah chris do you play call of duty for the story what's your take on uh this? yeah yeah i'm not a big multiplayer fan as, as far as call of duty is concerned i think um they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. I mean, if you remember, Battlefront got a big dump take dump, taken on them by EA for not having a story in their game, and people were off their rocker because, what is it, it's just a multiplayer game? This is ridiculous, I'm paying $60. And then all of a sudden they put a story in their game, and then everybody was bitching and moaning, the story's terrible, why did they even have a story in this game? So uh, they can't win. You know that Call of Duty produces great multiplayer, and the gunplay is going to be fantastic. The... Uh, the zombie thing is now a thing because of Call of Duty. Yeah. So, you know, it's in it's in every game. Battle Royales are hot right now. My question is, is what are they going to charge for it? Are they going to charge full 60 bucks for this multi- yeah, for a multiplayer game? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, f- yeah, they're definitely going to charge 60 If they charge $60, they're going to see a huge dip in in people playing the game or people are going to wait to see what this battle this they're going to push hard that's the thing they're going to show they're not going to show the multiplayer they're going to show the battle royale stuff up front like this is what you're getting with the game i think they have totally 60 dollars and you get a trophy for watching your friends open fucking loot boxes i could totally i could totally see them leading with pre-order now for exclusive access to the battle royale beta like i can completely see that call of duty advertising i think it writes itself man they have a choice because like Precedent would say, like, yep, they're going to charge $60 for the same thing with, with no single player. Um, 
But if you remember back um, when they did Modern Warfare, whatever, Call of Duty 4 remastered, remastered or whatever, but you could only get it if you bought the $80 version of Infinite Warfare. Yep. And they didn't release it standalone until way later, um, and it was still 40 bucks. Um, yep. They caught a lot of flag for that, I feel like. in that year, Infinite they Warfare don't care. You know, didn't sell as well, I think, as they would have liked. So, again, I'm, I'm with you. I doubt they care. But if they were wise, they would at least consider like this is a choice that they're gonna have to make if this is if they're going no single player like they should hopefully at least think about it because they could get hit. I mean, we are gamers are fucking fickle and we bitch and you know what I mean and we thumbs down YouTube videos. But like Battlefront Two, it all <laughs> turned into a lack of sales. You piss off gamers and so you know they would be wise to be careful with what they do with the price on this. You. You have a higher chance of Battlefront 2 going free to play than Activision putting less than $60 on a Call of Duty game. It's a yeah. top-selling game every year. It's coming out a month before Red Dead Redemption 2. There it's not going to be less than 60. I would love to live in a world where it is, but it's not. Like yeah, like you said right. to your point, they put they put the remaster behind it and they made you pay $80. It they don't care. You also don't know what a what a battle royal for Call of Duty looks like because Player Unknown was pissed off at Fortnite for robbing the same exact formula, but said, you know, if somebody reimagined it, I probably wouldn't be as pissed off because guess what? I stole it from Arma and they, you know, and and you know, begat, begat, begat. So like, yeah. if if Call of Duty comes out with a fifty-player version and it's badass and like it's just a complete reimagining of what mm. battle royal looks like on a like Halo scale when we first started playing Halo, right? then all of a sudden this goes away and everybody is all over it and nobody cares. And here's the interesting, so real quick, Battlefield's biggest thing to to contribute to the Battle Royale market is going to be destructible environments and really cool uh, vehicles, right, and horses and stuff, right? That's going to be their contribution. You being able to, like, ride a horse, just, you know, destroy a bunch of stuff, maybe get in a tank or a small kind of vehicle or something, right? Um Halo's contribution is obviously Battle Royale, super sci-fi, same thing with the vehicles, and different environment kind of things. Call of Duty's contribution, they have some of the best gameplay in the industry as far as gunplay, but like they're not known for having big maps, so it's gonna, it's kind of hard to see where their in- innovation will lie, you know? it's like I think Call of Duty has the highest percentage of being the one that's like, hey, you want some loot boxes to give you a better start in your match? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what I'm worried about personally, of like, they're going to inject microtransactions into it where, to the point where it affects more than just cosmetics. You gotta think they're smarter than that, but you're probably right. Mm-hmm. You gotta think they see what's going on, and they wouldn't. But fuck, they, they had not. they had nasty microtransaction stuff in Call of Duty World War Two. They actually released the microtransaction stuff a month after the game's release, and no one complained about it. They know how to handle the stuff and divert attention. It's a best-selling game every year. That's. That's what I was going to ask, is are they going to do that same sly shit where they release the microtransactions after everybody reviews the game? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you got to hand it to them, man. That was some sly well, shit. All right? I know is, we, no matter what goes down, I'm going to have to probably reevaluate my bet with Blessing, because shit. What was, your bet, what was your bet again? I bet him that Black Ops 4 would sell more copies this year than Red Dead 2. I think you're still good on that. I, don't I think know. even <laughs> no matter what this happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you're still um, good on this. This is tra- this is Treyarch, right? Yes, and that's what I was going to say. The positive mm-hmm. note is that Infinity Ward was the 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 main studio for Call of Duty, right? With the modern modern warfare era, and they were nailing it. And then obviously Vince Zampella and his studio, uh, they left after the whole uh, lawsuit and everything, and they formed Respawn. 
And since then, Treyarch has been the baby of Activision in terms of Call of Duty. Black Ops was a hit. Black Ops 2 sold a ton. Black Ops 3 sold a ton. It's been its their best-selling franchise. I think Treyarch can deliver some really great, innovative stuff along with Raven. I'm just worried that Activision is going to use it to the worst, especially with them not having a single-player campaign. It just... I, I'm worried about it, but there are some awesome things to be a little bit optimistic about. It just, I don't know. Yeah. What if this? The other thing that worries me is how does it affect the other studios? Because this is a chain reaction. Yeah. They pull out the yeah. single store, single player. Now all other, you know, have to pull that out. And are they prepared to, to play with a battle royale, you know, and be able to create something like that? It, it takes away all creativity. Yeah. All creativity. And the crazy thing, too, is that so Treyarch makes the Black Ops games, which are a little bit more future set, right? Not super crazy to, like, Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare. I would have loved to see Battle Royale in World War II, where it's like you strip away a lot of the tech and stuff, mm, yeah. and it's you get on here and it's very bare bones. That would be, for Call of Duty, obviously, that would have been cooler to see if they introduced Battle Royale into a World War II type setting of Call of Duty, rather than the Black Ops 4, because there's going to be so many crazy things. You're going to get the 420 belts and the, the weed shirts, and like all the, you know what's going to happen, dude. Oh, You're going to be playing Battle Royale. Happy holidays! People are gonna have like dab emotes, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Um, with with Red Dead coming out too, they might just thought to themselves, "Hey, this is the time to do it. Like, if we're gonna do it, might as well go and and see what happens." Because worst case scenario is we come back hard next year when Red Dead isn't out, and it's our comeback story. Blah blah blah. You know, we're back. We're better than ever. Blah blah. But if they try it and it works, they're like, "Up, oh, we hit it. All right, let's keep going." And I think Black Ops is their the franchise that they can test this out on out of all of them because it is the longest running one and I think they're like if it's going to work with any of them it's going to be Black Ops 4 you know what I mean people love Black Ops for the story but they really love it for the multiplayer for the most part I think 3 was kind of hit or miss I know people loved 1 and 2 if I remember correctly but uh yeah it's it's interesting uh closing words on this do you guys I know this people are, are worried about this and it could have a chain reaction for the studios like you said do you think this is going to you know have a bigger effect or do you think this is just it's Activision handling Call of Duty it won't have any other ramifications no, this is huge. This is this is gonna this is gonna reverberate. I mean, the other Call of Duty studios, the rest of the industry, like whatever they do here, it's gonna affect things um, in some yeah. way. Well, do you think this could be another way for Battlefield to separate itself from Call of Duty and say, no, we're still gonna include a single player campaign? You know? Yeah, they'll probably market it that way. You know, it reminds me of we're gonna have uh, battle royale and a single player. We're gonna have both. You know? Right. You know, it reminds me back when you put it that way, um, PS4 and Xbox One launch, like. Xbox One says, oh, you can't share games. So PS4, like, quickly says, oh, here's how you share games with us, right? So Shuhei and Adam boys, yeah. In reaction to them not, you know, so I could see that. Call of Duty pulls single player. Battlefield's like, hey, guys, we still got single player, yo. Like, Yeah. And this, they, this speaks really loudly about what Battle Royale is. It's not a fad. If Call of Duty is putting it into a game, it's all, all of a sudden it becomes a mainstream mm-hmm. thing. As a, I mean, it's already mainstream with Fortnite and PUBG, but, I mean, we're hitting AAA games now. It's like when your parents are sharing memes. You're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's over now. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Mom's on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Jordan, any closing words on this whole situation? I know you're not a big Call of Duty guy, but any thoughts on this? Um, not really. I'm definitely interested to see how that goes in the future, you know, that, what the next couple COD games look like. As Jordan's far like, as whatever, yeah. just give me my Japanese single-player games. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, question, for, <laughs> question for Chris and Dom. If they were to ever release the single-player campaign as a $30 standalone product, would you purchase that? I mean, that's I what you basically did now, right, Dom? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. I think they're holding it in their back pocket. I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that's DLC. 
Interesting. Really yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that. I could see that. Something along those lines. Do you think lines. it's going to be like standalone, though? Like, you could purchase it without owning Black Ops 4? Do you think they're going to make you own Black Ops 4? Yeah. No, oh, no, no, no. They want you to own a Black Ops 4 in order to own the standalone because that's how they'll draw people in. If that comes out six to eight months later and that's the DLC and all of a sudden you get a story mode with it, people. Oh, you can get it, but you have to own the game. Oh, okay. So I'll buy the. At that point, they can sell it for fifty nine ninety nine because they've already made enough money six months down the road, and you still get the DLC added. It's almost like getting the DLC for free. My only my only side to that in terms of business is that if you're already cutting it because not a lot of people play it, the people that own the game, why would you make people own the game to buy the thing that the people who own the game already aren't playing? You know what I mean? Sure. So it would make more sense for me. Uh, that was a word word vomit there. Yeah. It would make more sense for me if they made it standalone. Hey, play the Black Ops 4 story if you enjoy it enough. Come buy the $60 version with all the cool stuff, the Battle Royale, the multiplayer, you know. Um, it could go either way. It's Activision, though, so I assume it's going to be DLC. I think it's not impossible. I wouldn't bet on it, but maybe maybe something here is free, right? Maybe they try to carve into Fortnite and have something free. Because that's, like you were saying earlier, Jared, like, Fortnite's really successful largely because it's free, right? And a lot of kids, yeah. I think Fortnite, a lot of those players are the Call of Duty market, right? Like, a lot of those kids playing Fortnite right now. Are they going to ditch it to buy a $60 game, which all of a sudden they don't feel like they have to do anymore because Fortnite is free? Not impossible. I'm, you don't, yeah. They might switch something up, go real crazy like that. I don't know. I think that's it for this episode, though. Uh, we're going to close out the show now, talk about what we're going to be playing. Um, Wolfenstein 2, obviously. Uh, Ultra Moon. Uh, Chris, are you into Pokemon at all? I am not. I completely no, understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. I was just going to ask you uh, about Ultra Moon if you had any experience with it. For me, I, I'm not sure how far along I am in it because obviously it's not the normal eight gym badges as Pokemon games usually are. So I'm not sure how long, how far along I am in it. But I'm going to be continuing with that. Um, obviously, I don't have a PS4, so I can't play God of War. So I won't be joining you guys on that adventure. Womp. But I'm going to be dodging spoilers left and right. I'm going to be dodging them till I get my PS4, which I'm not. D- I'm not necessarily getting it end of August, beginning of September before Spider-Man. I'm going to see when the best time to strike is and when there's a really good deal. Uh, say, so it could deal. be next month. Yeah. It could be, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Going to continue my MCU rewatch. M- so Avengers Infinity War comes out next Wednesday, right, for early screenings, Jordan? Thursday. Is it Thursday? Why did I think Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so I guess we won't record before watching it unfortunately yeah that's, that's it for me so what about you guys god of war that's gonna be the answer for all of you guys <laughs> that's it yeah yeah i'm yeah. freaking pumped man i was like so so on this you know I, we talked about it. i was like yeah it looks like it could be cool i don't know i don't really like god of war games but man the past like week or two like reading the coverage on this i'm like holy shit apparently there's something here i gotta be a part of it yeah yeah it look it looks like they really nailed it and you guys know i love the series already so um, I'm very excited to play it because um, I would have been cool with another uh, God of War in the Greek pantheon, but now they've they've switched it up so much, and uh, Norse mythology is so flippin' interesting um, that we'll have to see how this goes. I'd love to see, you know, several years from now if we have a couple more God of War games, and you know, one of them's the Egyptian pantheon of gods, and then. You know, like uh, the Indian Hindu stuff. Like, there's just so many places you can go with this, and uh, Mayan. I'm really excited to see where they go. Yeah, exactly. Lots of cool stuff you can. Yeah, do. I mean, I don't. None of you guys played Smite, right? The the free to play MOBA. That game, like, obviously, I mean, I'm familiar with Greek and Roman mythology, but they they pull on all the different mythologies around the world, and you learn about all these like characters and gods you never knew about. 
There's some really interesting, cool things that they could do if they ventured that way, Jordan. Have any of you read Neil Gaiman's oh, yeah. uh, Norse mythology? No? no. Norse mythology? Yeah, it's. I've seen a bunch of people post, like, in preparation for God of War, I'm picking this up and reading it. And I was like, oh, I, interesting. I wonder if anybody had read it yet. So, any of you guys, obviously. So it's like him writing a fictional story within the world of Norse mythology? I have done zero research on it, Jordan. I'm being completely honest <laughs> with you. All I know is that it's Neil Gaiman's Norse okay. mythology. I appreciate the honesty. And people are reading it. That's literally all I know. So. It has pages? Yeah. It exists? Well, I think I mentioned uh, last week that I've been reading uh, his Sandman comic series, and I'm enjoying Mr. that very Sandman. much. He does uh, do a lot of stuff with... Enter my dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does uh, do a lot of stuff with mythology there, too, so... Um, I'm sure he's no, great. Give that, me your uh, Or great with that uh, Norse book, but um, besides God of War, which I'm very excited about, um, yeah, I'm also like I was saying last week, the the hype for Infinity War grows uh, with every second that passes. So I'm excited about that. Fucking nerds. And um, <laughs> we got. Um, I guess, yeah, it'll be this week. Yeah, it's uh, this coming Sunday is Westworld Season 2 premiere. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And especially since they're going to go to Bushido World this uh, season. I love uh, Westworld. No spoilers. I'm trying to catch up so, with them, guys. I'm trying my hardest. I've only seen that first episode. Well, that's not a spoiler. They're just going to go to one of the different Oh, parts. no, no, no. That's not a spoiler. I'm just uh, saying so. don't spoil anything. Yeah, yeah I won't mention yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I hope everyone has a great holiday. Awesome. Chris, what about you? Are you going to grow out your beard in preparation for God of War? Right. Uh, I can't wait for I can't wait for God of War. Give me, like, a Last of Us feel with uh, that axe that comes back just like Thor's hammer, and I'm all in. Like, yeah. as soon as I saw that, I'm like, yep, I don't want to know anything else. I haven't watched any videos. I haven't seen anything else on that. I blacked out on that whole entire thing. So I'm excited about playing it tonight. Uh, Infinity War, literally the hype grows every day. Like, every time they show, like, an, another trailer or something else, I'm just like, yes, who's going to die? Somebody's dying in this who's gonna die in this and uh i love westworld i did a, a podcast last year we did episode by episode uh on a recast uh on it and we're gonna do it again this year so i'm pumped up about westworld season two awesome um so before we close out the show we've never done this before but i don't want to do it with you chris i'm going to give you some rapid fire questions answer them as quickly as possible um there's no timeline or anything but just kind of be quick about it i'm just gonna give you a question give me the first answer or the best answer or the actual answer uh, so, Jared, before we even do that, could we all just take a quick uh, guess at who dies in Infinity War? Oh. Egan. Okay. Uh, God. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Uh, every. I'm gonna say everyone but Doctor Strange dies. Or you mean like for what the what? Fuck? You mean because of they're gonna do time manipulation? Do you mean like die by the stay dead by the end of the movie or die in the movie? Oh, you think they're going to die, and by the end of it, they'll be alive. Well, I think it's going to be timeline stuff, yeah. So are you talking about by the end of the movie? I'll just keep it by the end of the movie. No, I'm saying, like, at okay, at the end of Infinity War, which character is dead? I say Captain America. Uh, I say Cap as well, yeah. I say, so my list includes Cap, War Machine. I actually have a list. Hold on. Go, you can go ahead, Chris. I'm going to pull up this list that I have. If they're going to do it, I think they're going to do a big one. So I don't think it's going to be Black Widow or War Machine. I think it's going to be Cap or Iron yeah, it's Man. It's not going to be, like, War. Abraham uh, or something, I don't think they're going to go with Thor. I think Thor sticks around just because I think he wants to continue being Thor. So, and I know Chris Evans is like ready to be on his way out anyway. So, I I would say I heard someone saying that Hemsworth is a big surfer and he just wants to surf. Really? 
He's about done. Yeah, his like contracts up, and he's like, man, I just want to serve. <laughs> I can like, I can see a couple of Guardian Galaxy like minor characters being knocked out pretty quick. Drax is um, a heavy favorite. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're gonna keep the Guardians together for sure. Future movies are the big are a big teller of who's gonna stick around. I could totally see right. Hulk replacing yeah. Drax on that lineup, though. Personally, <laughs> um, so my my bet my number one bet is Captain America and Loki. I think yeah, I think Loki. Uh, yeah, I think Loki dies in the Power Stone scene. Or Space Stone scene, sorry. But do we know whether or not they're actual gods? Uh, no, they're not. Know, like, they're, they're not gods. Because they Loki has the line of, like, uh, the the mortals think us gods. Odin, Odin explains it off in uh, the terrible Thor Dark World, and I think something else where he says, they think we're gods because they didn't know any better. We just live longer than they do. Like, they, they have powers and stuff, but they're not technically... So they're, like, demigods? Yeah, they're not immortal, though. They die. Yeah, okay. yeah. I guess Odin did die in Ragnarok. Or spoilers. I love the uh, fact that this is a two-parter, though, because so you could, you know it's going to cut someplace, yeah. and then year, and then you're just like. Year. So the easy yeah. the easy dream scenario is to cut on the snap. I don't think it'll cut on that though. I think it'll cut on something else. Like if they if he gets the gauntlet, snaps, and then cuts to black, that'd be pretty mm-hmm. insane. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get to the, the rapid fire questions real quick. Sorry about that. No problem. Just... Uh, favorite game, Chris. Um, Mario 64. Oh, good one. Uh, favorite Star Wars character? Han Solo. Uh, Last Jedi, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down. Oh, thumbs down, thank you. Uh, friends? That's a real Star Wars fan for you, boys. Uh, friends or Seinfeld? Uh, friends. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> you won Jordan, and then you, you lost Jordan there. <laughs> yeah, um, we're not friends Yeah, anymore. so... That was episode 94. Thank you again, Chris, for joining us. Um, if people want to know where they can find you, where can they look you up and follow you and do all that good stuff? Uh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Topher Noons, uh, T-O-P-H-E-R-N-U-N-E-S. Awesome. Anywhere else? Just Twitter? Um, just Twitter right now. Uh, I'm working my way back into games writing. Uh, I stepped away for a little bit, but I'm itching to get back in. So. Awesome. Great. Uh, you can follow us, as always. I'm at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Jordan is at Mellow Modus. If you can, please follow us on iTunes and leave a review. It definitely helps us out. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, even if you don't watch the videos and you listen to us through the audio version of the podcast, it helps. The numbers growing definitely helps us out. Um, yeah, I'm currently also uh, playing a game that's under embargo that I'll talk about next week. Not a huge game or anything, but an interesting game nonetheless. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you again, Chris, for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in episode 95.